Today's episode is sponsored by Doula Trainings International, or DTI. DTI is for the modern doula. It is an educational body and professional community certifying doulas, childbirth educators, and lactation specialists. They believe today's birth workers deserve an accessible and appealing learning environment, one that is positive, inclusive, and provides a quality experience, a movement, a community, a purpose. Beyond their courses, DTI is also an international network of doulas united as advocates for social justice, reproductive justice, and professional growth. Together, they are on a mission to revolutionize the birth world. To find out more and to connect, go to www.doulatrainingsinternational.com. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. I'm your host, Laurel Gurrier. Can you tell me your name, please? Myra. First name Myra, last name Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S. And can you tell me a little bit about your family? So I am currently a divorcee, but I have a six-year-old son. Um, and ex- I guess the extension of my family, my mom and father are both still alive. I, had a, I have an older brother and sister. Uh, both of my grandmothers are still alive, but both of my paternal grandfathers have passed on and transitioned. Um, several aunts and uncles, and I have a large family, actually, believe it or not. My mom comes from, uh, let's see, it's nine of them collectively. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and so it's a lot. Uh, my <laughs> grandfather, it's 11 of them. I have an aunt that has 14. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a big family. I come from a big family. Okay, good. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, can you tell us your birth experience, your birth story, and I'm passing the mic off to you. So interesting how my birth story came to be. Um, I was actually 26 when I had my son. Um, I was in school at the time working on a post-bac degree in sign language, and my now ex-husband at the time was in law school. Why we planned it this way was cray cray, but uh, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Um, so at that time, you know, we had planned to have my son, and we planned it around towards the end of his law experience, and around the time that he would be studying for the bar. None okay. of this made sense, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, when he came to be, he was actually studying for the bar when he was actually birthed. Uh, but I, beforehand, I knew I wanted a natural birth. I felt like it was something that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't in a space to have him at home, so I found a natural birthing center. And um, at that time, I was on government assistance, and I found a, uh, I was living in Chicago at the time, and I found a clinic that actually had midwives that were all, they were also registered nurses, and they worked out of this specific clinic, and they worked with the hospital that had the natural birthing, birthing center. Um, so I remember vividly, Christy was my midwife, um, and she was amazing. She was amazing. The only thing now, when I look back, she wasn't a woman of color. Okay. And now that I think back, I think that would have helped in my birthing experience mm-hmm. um, from a cultural standpoint and just somebody who just had a better understanding of who I am as a black woman. Anyways, nevertheless, she was still great. Uh, So, you know, we did all the prenatal and everything. And, um, you know, 
She was good at explaining to me what the process was going to be like, but I still couldn't fully wrap my mind around it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just knew that I had the ability to bring this child into this world. That's as far as it went. Did the prenatals. Uh, and, I, and I knew for sure I wanted a water birth. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need to be in water. I'm a Scorpio. I love water. <laughs> so um, he actually came on his due date. So <laughs> overachiever. And uh, <laughs> I remember it vividly. My mom and my grandmother had flew up. I was in Chicago. They flew up to Chicago from, from New Orleans. And they came in the day before. That morning... I'm like, hey, we should go downtown and, like, walk around and see, you know, go on Michigan Avenue and State Street. And they're like, okay. I'm big pregnant. I'm like, he ain't coming today. (laughs) Nobody comes in their due date. Like, no, no, it doesn't happen. And so I was like, I'm going to take a shower and we're going to go. Got in the shower. I'm like, whew, that was painful. (laughs) Okay, I'm good. And I, you know, try to continue to shower and it hit me again. I said, mama, I think it's time. She's all right, I'm going to time it. My mama been watching too much TV. (laughs) I'm a diamond. Okay, so she's timing it, and she's sure enough, she's like, they're five minutes apart. So uh, it's funny because his dad was in class at the time, so I called him. I told him, get the bag ready. We're going. So um, he comes, and by the time I made it to the hospital, I was seven centimeters dilated. Get it. I remember Christy was like, well, girl, you did most of the work at home. (laughs) She was like, so we don't really have much to do now. So, uh, you know, they checked me in took me up to the, the natural birthing floor. So it was a center within a hospital. And okay. I remember it was a, a Catholic hospital, but they had a center within that hospital. And it was just one floor. And if you know you were receiving any type of medication, you couldn't have your child on that mm-hmm. floor. So check this in. It was this big room, king-size bed, flat screen TV. It was, it was nice. wonderful. Jacuzzi tub. I was like, oh, girl, I'm living it up. <laughs> I ain't even got no money. I'm getting food stamps. But it, this is working out. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I got in the tub and I stayed in until I was 10 centimeters dilated, but I was so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But now that I look back, it was more of the energies in the room. Mm -hmm. So at that time, one of my girlfriends had came and her mom and she was in there and my grandmother was there and um, his dad was there and my mom was in there. It was a lot going on. And so... I'm sitting there, my grandmother's pacing back and forth, and she got the Bible. She, I don't know why she won't take the medicine. That's what they created medicine for. God created doctors. And, and I'm just like, okay, all right. So I get out, I try the birthing ball, and then I try to squat. I was like, oh, I remember they say gravity is good. Like, and I'm all the documentaries and videos that I've watched, you know. The prep. That, that's because this is just who I am. I'm a researcher. Mm-hmm. So and then my mom is like, you know, maybe she, maybe, you know, you should think about it. You know, are you okay? She's kind of ask, asking me, are you okay? You okay? And I'm fine. I'm like, but my body is so tense. Mm-hmm. And I said, mom, listen, everybody has to go. You can stay. Del can stay. She's my son's father. He can stay. But everybody has to go. Your grandmother? Yes. <laughs> she has to go. All right. So she leaves. Everybody leaves. It's me, my mom, my midwife, my ex-husband. And at this point, I think I'm now I'm so in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm not listening to my body at all. I'm pushing when I don't need to be pushing. I'm just, you know, it, nothing is really going the way that I thought it would go now. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, now at this point, I'm, I'm on the bed and I'm leaning up against, I think it was like a beanbag. 
And I, I pushed for exactly one hour and he came and I tore really, really bad. And, mm-hmm. and I think because I was so tense is probably the reason why I did tear. Um, and, you know, I got the stitches and everything. And so after that, that experience, it almost seemed like things got worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Things got worse. Um, So I stayed in the hospital for like three days and I was having issues breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Um, The lactation consultant was like, oh, you have inverted nipples and he's not latching. And, um, you know, we're going to we're going to figure it out, though. We're going to figure it out. And by this time, I have, like, cracked nipples. They're bleeding. I have thrush. He has thrush. I mean, I'm like, what is going on, Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time I got home, all of the family stuff started happening. And, you know, my mom and my grandmother, they came. And I think they came with good intentions. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I don't know if they just didn't know what to do. They didn't know what I wanted to do. And I've always been this person. I'm going to get it done. I'll do it. And so a lot of times they're like, well, Myra, with you, you're such this, like, soldier. <laughs> we don't know when you need help and when you don't need help. And I come home like, the dishes ain't washed and ain't no food cooked and you know, my house need to be clean. And guess what I did? You did it. I did it. And I was doing it. And, you know, Dell was in there and he's cooking, but he's also trying to study for the bar. And so one day I just, I got like at the fifth, I want to say like the fifth day they were there, I got very angry. Like, what are you here for? Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel supported. And I'm like, I could change your, your plane tickets. You can go back home. Like it was, the, and then my mom went to <laughs> wash your clothes and let me, you know, and, and I just, I really believe that they didn't know what type of support I needed. And I didn't have the words to express to them mm-hmm. what I needed. Most of it was, I'm just tired. Like, I want to sleep. I'm tired. Um, you know, DJ's crying. He's not breastfeeding very well. He's hungry. I'm not producing enough milk. I've had a, a breast reduction. Mm-hmm. So I think that also impeded my ability to produce enough milk. Mm-hmm. So now I'm failing as a mother because I can't breastfeed. And I just knew I was going to be a breastfeeding warrior. And now I don't have enough milk. I'm, I'm not putting my baby on Similac. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. what the people putting that. You know, so I'm just... It's just so much going on, and I'm, I'm not, I'm just not happy. I'm not in a good space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just the energy was not, it was just, it wasn't right. Um, and so now, you know, I look back on it, and I don't, I don't think I took into consideration the stuff other people were bringing with them and what each individual person in my birthing space had going on within their person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, thinking like my mom has had sexual trauma. So bre- breastfeeding her for her was like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had my mom so young. Well, I was actually my grandmother and great grandmother were pregnant at the same time. So my great grandmother breastfed my mom. My mm-hmm. grandmother didn't. So she didn't really have that connection. So I couldn't even go to them for insight and advice on what I was going through. And then to top it all off, y'all, my stitches got infected. See. I said, you know what? Disrespectful. <laughs> Somebody trying to take me out. <laughs> I'm like, really? It just, it, it's almost like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just, at this point I'm thinking, I got to be being prepared for something else. I'm going through all of this for somebody else. Because it can't, like, this is not fair. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I think it, you have to be very mindful 
of who you have in that space with you. Mm -hmm. But not only that, where you are within yourself when when it's time for you to reproduce. You understand? I was not ready to be a mother. And now, my son is six. Six years later, I can be honest with myself and say, that wasn't the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know who I was Mm -hmm. enough to know I'm going to parent and rear this child in a way that I think is best for him. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the tools. Mm-hmm. Now, over time, I've been stabbing in the dark and figuring this thing out, but I just feel like, I feel like now I could have given him so much more. I've done the best that I could do, like my mom always said, and like my grandma always, you know, always said, and now I understand. Mm-hmm. I did the best that I could do with what I have, and I'm still doing that now as I unlearn so much and relearn and learn new things to be a better me for me first Mm -hmm. so that I can be a better me for him. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize that either. Like, stop putting everyone before you and all your needs before, you know, or everyone else's needs before yourself. Um, Because you're not, nobody's going to benefit like that. Yeah. Um, And so... It's been rough. It's been very rough healing myself, um, helping to heal the women in my life and the women that reflect me, you know, and my mother and my grandmother, I love dearly. I hold them dear to my heart. Um, But their birth experiences were very traumatic. And so was mine. And at some point, we have to stop with the cycles of trauma and passing down so much trauma um, so I'm hoping moving forward, if I have the chance to usher in another soul or souls, who knows, that um, now I'm more prepared mm-hmm. to do this moving forward. And I think I'm actually getting into a space where I can help other women as well in understanding, speak up for yourself. You know, say somebody's in a room with you and you don't feel comfortable, put them out. Mm-hmm. If you don't want your baby to get vaccinated, all right, that's your choice too. Mm-hmm. You don't want to breastfeed, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things we don't say because we're afraid of judgment and opinions and societal pressures and all these things. And we suffer in silence. Yep. And I just, I, I can no longer suffer in silence. So power to all of the mothers. <laughs> Struggling to figure this thing out, this thing out with um, very little help and very little knowledge um, and guidance. I'm hoping that we can do a better job of supporting each other to be better givers of life, um, better leaders and advocates, especially for ourselves in a world where we have been conditioned to be silent. Mm. So I appreciate you. Thank you. And I do want to highlight some things and and we can talk through this a little bit. But I think something that I tell a lot of people is children make you see yourself and birth makes you see yourself. Um, And so the birth of your son was that you like recognizing into your own power and your own your own healing of things, you know, before you. Um, and that you're doing it, so. <laughs> but, you know, hearing your story a little bit is that, one, when we have 
birth that takes us out of our comfort zone, it might be a little traumatic. It doesn't allow us, we have to process that along with also having to physically heal. So hearing you talk about the infection, troubles with breastfeeding, all of that, that's a result of not being able to heal from the trauma of the birth. All of that sits in us, in our body. Um, And I tell people all the time too, like postpartum is forever. So you're allowed to keep doing that healing. So you might have physically healed from that birth, but now you might be now healing from the birth and from the relationships from that. Um, And so your story like really just connected to those those points for me. But I do have a question for you, like knowing what you know now, what are you doing with those relationships with your mother and your grand your grandmother? So uh, <laughs> I'm starting to um, be a lot more transparent. Mm. I realized not too long ago, black women have a way of being very secretive mm. and keeping so much to ourselves, right? We're not very vulnerable with each other and we're not very transparent with each other, even within our own families. Mm-hmm. And so I have initiated some hard conversations. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, if I don't ask, I can't get questions. And I'm just like, I wanna know the reasons why. You know, why do you behave this way? Um, why did you raise me like this? You know, why did, why was religion always the go-to answer for everything? Like just hard, hard questions and conversations um, to, f- to further understand these women that I'm interconnected mm, to. Yes, yes. Um, and so hearing their perspectives is actually helping me to heal, but simultaneously helping them as well. And I think it was Ianla Van Zant said, you cannot heal what you don't speak. Mm. Well, we have mastered being quiet, you know? And so now that all of these things are coming to the forefront, we can have open dialogue now. And I've done it with my mom several times and my grandmother. And it's just, it's refreshing to just hear them say, well, you know, nobody asked me. Mm-hmm. Or I couldn't tell someone somebody was hurting me. Or when I finally said it, the response to me was, oh, we, we just pray about it. Or I was too young to know what it was like to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Breastfeeding made me uncomfortable because my body had been violated. So you hear these things now, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. now I can practice forgiveness, honey. Because now it all makes sense. Yes. And it makes it much easier not to be so angry anymore. Yes. yes. And always point the finger, and you failed me. Yes. Now I'm like, oh, but you were failed. Mm-hmm. And I can have compassion and empathy yes. that I've never had before. And so that's where I am in my journey. So with that, do you talk to your son about his birth journey? No, that's so fun. No, I never even thought about that. No, hmm. no. Mm-hmm. I added on to my list of to do things. <laughs> things well, to I do. I asked you that question because I, I, um, I, I asked my clients. You know, do you know how you were born? Because there's so much in in knowing our own journey here and what that meant for our mother. And who that and what that means for us and who we are and you talking about that and now the relationship that you have with your mother it's like are we then sharing those stories with our children 
for their healing and for their growth. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I never thought about that until you just said it. And I'm going to do that. And I also want to talk to my mom about my birth story because mm-hmm. I was a scheduled C-section. And I wonder how she feels about that. So was my brother. You know, my mom never had a chance to have a vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what that looks like for her. And with my mom, my grandmother had her as a teenager. So what did that look like for her? She was probably very scared. Mm-hmm. My mom had my brother at 17. I'm pretty sure she was very scared. And that fear stays with you. Mm-hmm. So these are kind of, I'm going to add them to my list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna add them to my list, my healing list. I'm going to talk about my healing yes. list. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Just when you think you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forever a student of life, huh? Yes. Okay. Well, um, thank you again. And is there anything that you would want to leave um, this community with? I would say just if you can gather with other women, whether they have children or not, um, and just talk about like what it means to be a woman and what it means to stand in your truth and own who you are and what that looks like and just start those conversations. Mm-hmm. I think we're, in, we're, we're really in a time right now where, like I said, transparency and vulnerability are so important because we're living in an age where everything is very false. Mm. No one really knows what reality is anymore. We're yep. very conflicted in that. And so um, if you can just talk about the realities of what it means to be a woman today and um, how we can be better versions of ourselves, I think that can just lead to just a whole nother uh, awakening, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, on a whole nother level for for humanity, but definitely for women. Well, thank you, thank you, and thank you. If you found that you connected to any parts of today's show or are interested in more stories, please subscribe and let us know what you think. If you find yourself wanting to share your story, head over to birthstoriesincolor.com to complete a story submission. And if you missed any parts or would like to check out the resources discussed during today's show, head over to the podcast section and you can access the show notes. Today's episode is sponsored by Doula Trainings International, or DTI. DTI is for the modern doula. It is an educational body and professional community certifying doulas, childbirth educators, and lactation specialists. They believe today's birth workers deserve an accessible and appealing learning environment, one that is positive, inclusive, and provides a quality experience, a movement, a community, a purpose. Beyond their courses, DTI is also an international network of doulas united as advocates for social justice, reproductive justice, and professional growth. Together, they are on a mission to revolutionize the birth world. To find out more and to connect, go to www.doulatrainingsinternational.com.